Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by ProSwim Workouts. Nico and the team at ProSwim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, ProSwimWorkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to ProSwimWorkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to ProSwimWorkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you. Australia in four, the United States in five. Off, Mackenzie at the bottom, Stubbins above her, Schlanger in sixth, then to the yellow lane, Henry. Queen start, Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. Bushult of Germany was away well. They'll go to the wall all together, pick that one. Bloomer in back ahead of Manuel and Herisch Amenya. What a shot, Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 breaststroke. Now Henry is starting to come out now. Henry's throwing Linden down. Linden and Henry. Henry and Linden. They hit it. Jody Henry of Australia shading. Jenny Thompson has taken the lead here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser in 1956. Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last leg. Jody Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be yes. a big <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. This is part two of our history of the World Swimming Championships as I introduce this week uh, our the host of the show and the, the name on the marquee, Mr. Shannon Rollison, and also swimming stats guru, Mr. David Clark. Boys, how are we? Very well, thank you, Robbie. How are you, Shannon? Yeah, very well, David. Hi, Robbie. I enjoyed last week. It was good. Uh, down memory lane and um, uh, we'll bring up a few things that have twigged my head since, uh, <laughs> since the podcast. Well, yeah, of course, We last week we, we covered 1973 to, through to 2003, um, and now we're, we're going to kick off with, with 2005 in Montreal. But we're doing this all because, obviously, the World Championships are coming up in just uh, two and a bit weeks in Fukuoka. Uh, if you wanted to watch that, make sure you jump on the Nine Now app for Nine's Wide World of Sports. Uh, live coverage from Sunday the 23rd of July through to Sunday the 30th of July. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be free to wear or all that sort of stuff, but I certainly know Nine Now will have it. You'll be able to watch it live uh, and exclusive uh, on the Nine Now app. Um, so you know, maybe more information might come out through the next few weeks and we'll make sure that we are on top of it here on the podcast as well. But I certainly know if you do want to watch it, uh, that's 100% guaranteed. Jump on Nine Now. As I said, 23rd of July uh, through to Sunday, the 30th of July. And now, boys, we're going to kick straight off uh, 2005 in Montreal. Now, Dave, this is – the poor old Canadians have been asking for world champs for a while here. If, you, if we remember back in the in the history of the last one, they asked for it, they asked for it, they didn't get anything. Now we're, now we're here, Montreal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as, as I said um, uh, in last week's podcast, Vancouver almost held the first world championships – 
back in 1971, but um, they they pulled out and Bel Belgrade came in in their place. But yes, uh, Montreal and Canada um, uh, you get get the award of the um, uh, the World uh, Championships in uh, 2005. So they're the 11th uh, edition, uh, the first North American city to play host, um, uh, narrowly beating a, um, a challenge from Long Beach in the US. And um, mm. again, as we mentioned last week, the US have still never hosted the World Championships despite a, a, a number of unsuccessful bids. Mm. Um, so the events took place um, uh, at the Parc Jean Drapeau on St. Helen, Helens Island, which is on the St. Lawrence River. Um, the followers of uh, Formula One motor racing will recognise the island as the uh, the venue for the Canadian Grand Prix. Yeah, Shannon, look at Shannon. Go. He's, he's, he's very excited. <laughs> I had a good time in Montreal. Yeah, yeah I bet you did. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, so the organisation though the championships plagued by uh, cost blowouts, um, uh, culminating in um, uh, Montreal actually getting stripped of of the rights to host them. Uh, in in February, just five months before they were due to begin, um, but um, after they secured uh, further government funding uh, and with a new board and general manager appointed, uh, they actually had to rebid for the event, uh, and they were reinstated a week later. So there was a bit of a crisis going on a few months beforehand. Um, uh, once again, USA and Australia battling uh, for medal supremacy as they had done four years earlier in in, uh, in Fukuoka. Um, uh, but another 20 countries won at least one medal in swimming. Um, Australia's total of 22 medals uh, surpassed our previous best of 19 in Fukuoka. That's that's total uh, total medals. Um, uh, Grant Hackett, uh, first swimmer to win four consecutive world titles uh, in the same event, which of course was the 1500 metre freestyle. Um, so he um, was awarded the FINA trophy uh, for the male swimmer of the meet. Um, uh, but it was the all-conquering Australian women who stole the show in uh, Montreal, um, winning 10 of the 20 uh, women's gold medals um, uh, on offer, uh, including a clean sweep of um, all four of the 50-metre uh, uh, sprints. Uh, of course, you'll remember that very well, uh, Shannon. So, yeah, um, uh, you had Jan Rooney, um, yeah, Jade Edmiston, uh, Danny Miatki, and um, and Libby uh, Lenton. Um, uh, Liesl Jones uh, won the hundred meter, two hundred meter breaststroke double. Uh, and uh, if I recall correctly, uh, Jody Henry won the women's hundred meter freestyle on Shannon Rawson's birthday. Was that, that is that correct? Ah, <laughs> uh -huh, you've done well. I was going to bring that up <laughs> to, uh, last week's um, uh, Craig Stevens. A uh, bit of trivia. And, yes, uh, yeah. I uh, I went out. It was a great present, and um, I, I, but it wasn't quite enough. So I went out and bought myself a watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Look, I I I I don't know uh, whether any other um, uh, coaches charges have won gold medals on their coach's birthday, but it wouldn't surprise me if um, if that's the only time it's uh, only time it's happened. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, Roland Sperman from. Um, uh, became South Africa's first uh, world champion when he won the 50-metre butterfly. Um, and I mention his name uh, because he's going to be competing in Fukuoka in a couple of weeks. Uh, so, um, you know, that's uh, quite some years later, the long, long span for him at the world championships. Um, uh, German doctor Mark Warnicke, um won the men's 50-metre breaststroke. 
he was 35 years old and uh, he remains the, um, uh, the oldest uh, world champion in history. Um, Kirsty Coventry uh, won Zimbabwe's first medals. In the, they came in uh, gold in the 100 and 200 backstroke. Um, uh, and Poland, I hope I can pronounce this name semi-correctly, um, Atilia Jedrzejczak. Uh, had a very controversial win over uh, Jessica Shipper in the uh, 200 metres uh, butterfly. Um, and uh, Michael Phelps did what Michael Phelps had been doing uh, for the last couple of World Championships, and that is uh, winning gold. This time he won four. Um, and, um, yeah, nine world records were bettered, uh, including three by Australians. So that was Hackett in the um, 800 metre freestyle Um Liesl Jones in the 200 breaststroke and uh, Jade Edmiston as well. I think she would have, uh, awesome. yeah, break the, break the world record in that. So, um, yes, yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, Montreal 2005. A big meet for you, Shannon. Yeah, yeah. I, it, uh, it, it was, the, yeah, the highs and lows. Um, Jody and Alice were in the, uh, Alice went into that meet number one in the world in the, 50 and the 100 free, um, made the final in both and, and finished the year number one in the world in that 50 free, but Libby uh, uh, got the chocolates, and uh, but Jody Jody won the, the 100. So it was, a, uh, I think, yeah, that was my first individual gold medal. So um, and it was a great location. We had huge success as a team um, right across the board. Uh, and as I said last week, you know, the girls – um were really dominating uh the the men uh the the swim team as far as medals goes and stuff like that so it was a real changing of the guard which really sort of was starting to happen in 03 definitely uh at the athens olympics um i i was rooming with dennis cottrell for the first and probably the last time uh oh no the second time actually but uh it's it's quite funny on, on a team um, you always try to room with another coach that doesn't snore. And Dennis is, uh, uh, to my knowledge, I'm not sure what, what it is now, but he definitely didn't snore, snore back then. Uh, but he didn't go to bed early. So um, Dennis and I weren't great together because we'd just, it'd be like 2 a.m. in the morning and we'd be, we'd be chatting, swimming. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, I had to find a new roomie after that because I just wasn't getting enough sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you never, you, you don't want to have a room with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so I'll just, um, yeah, uh, to, I'll just uh, end 2005 on uh, my, you know, interesting piece of little trivia, which I, I have for most of these world chaps. Uh, suffered a very public death. Uh, during the championships when a, a brown bird was crushed by an overhead TV camera uh, and fell into the pool during the heats of the men's 4 by 100 metre medley relay. So um, I'm not sure which swimmer had to contend with a dead bird in their lane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't remember that, but uh, <laughs> would, that it, imagine if it, like, landed on you. Like... <laughs> <laughs> It'd scare the bejesus out of you. Yeah, it would, it would wouldn't it? <laughs> um, interesting, just Shannon with um, Mark uh, Warnock, they're the 50 breaststroke, age 35. I mean, I'm... German guy, yeah. Yeah, I'm 37. Is there still hope for, for the old fellas out there? 
Uh, well, not for me, obviously I'm not at that level, but uh, you know, just to my dad, if he ever does listen, who keeps telling me, if you're not, if you're not good at 15, get out of the sport. Well, have a look at this 35. That's, is it more the sprint events? We see people being able to, to hold their own at an older age. Yeah. But, um, physiologically, there's no reason why you couldn't do it, uh, in distance. I mean, in, um, marathon, running they they peak in their 30s so um you could definitely peak physically um uh swimming wise in your 30s um but i think what happens is um they're hanging on for dear life and and they're looking for the shorter events so um hence why they end up in the 50s but mark warnicke he was a um well he's a doctor and i'm sure he still is but um uh talking about uh, big blokes like George Hoffman was one of the uh, biggest swimmers I've ever seen, and and uh, I got to know George uh, when I was uh, over in in Europe and in the UK. But Mark Warnicke, he he would have been a big football player, like like how you could have tackled him, I don't know. Um, he was a big unit, so um, all power and. Uh, and he was around on the circuit for a long, long time. So um, they, by any means, weren't his first um, international meet. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's probably there's still hope because, out there. Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and look, we'll come to him a little bit later. But um, Nicolas Santos from Brazil uh, won a medal in the 50 meter butterfly at last year's World Championships in uh, in in Budapest. Uh, now he was age 42. Yeah. And uh, I think he may even be um, competing in Fukuoka later this month. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, he to, to be winning medals at world championship level at 42 is just um, astonishing. Yeah. All right, 2007, Melbourne. We've, we've talked about this one a little bit, Shannon, haven't we, obviously, through, through the years on the Shannon Rollison podcast. Um, but... Yeah, David, obviously you've got a, a little bit more in-depth uh, knowledge here in terms of, uh, the you know, other um, events and, and other countries. So take us away. Give us give us some of your interesting facts here. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, 12th World Championships these are. Uh, third time the event uh, had uh, visited Australia. So with uh, Melbourne actually beat um, uh, competing bids from uh, Dubai and Rio de Janeiro. Uh haven't mentioned any uh, so far, but Penny the Penguin uh, was the mascot uh, of the uh, of the World Championships. In fact, we should probably do a separate podcast one time about all the, the mascots of the World Championships. But, uh, <laughs> Penny the Penguin. But, <laughs> Penny the Penguin. Yeah, so um, uh, uh, mascot uh, awarded um, uh, through a, a reader competition in the uh, in the Melbourne uh, Herald Sun, won by an 11-year-old Isabella from Reservoir. So... Um, she helped choose the mascot. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. So despite the um, Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre um, holding world-class uh, swimming uh, holding a world-class swimming competition only a year earlier, which, of course, the Commonwealth Games, um, they actually uh, built a temporary complex uh, inside Rod Laver Arena, uh, uh, which is the home of the Australian Open Tennis. Uh, they built two pools, um, uh, a... a Two fifty-meter pools there, one one for the one in the main arena and a warm-up uh, pool next door. Um, that, those pools were actually built in Barcelona, 
uh, and shipped to Melbourne in 500 prefabricated pieces. Um, and the pool was named after uh, Susie O'Neill. So that was the first time uh, a pool at a World Championships had been named after a, a former champion. Um, Michael Phelps, uh, back again, uh, confirmed his status as the greatest swimmer in history, uh, winning seven gold medals uh, in as many events, uh, which bettered Ian Thorpe's record of six uh, from Fukuoka in 2001. Uh, and actually matched the uh, the feat of Mark Spitz the 72 Olympics. Uh, Spitzy won seven gold medals in 72. Uh, Belt almost certainly would have made it eight gold medals, except the US team was disqualified in the uh, four by 100 metre medley. Um, so, um, yeah, wow, that would have just been uh, astonishing. Um, so, um, yeah, so help, uh, Phelps helped the, the US to a record uh, total of 20 gold medals for the US. Um, uh, and Australia's nine gold uh, placed us second uh, on the medal uh, table. Uh, yeah, Libby Lenton, star of the meet for Australia, five gold medals. Uh, Liesl Jones defended both her breaststroke uh, titles. Um, uh, up until that year, no Australian woman had successfully defended a world title. Uh, that year, both Liesl and, and Libby did it. Um, uh, the other notable Australian to mention was um, Emily Seabom. Uh, so she made her uh, Dolphins debut, age 14, uh, and she would go on to win 14 uh, medals at six world championships. Uh, so, um, yeah, that she, she was, um, yeah, as I said, just, just 14 at the time. Uh, our men uh, probably want to forget the, uh, the, the world champs in Melbourne. Um, they <laughs> left it till the, uh, I think it was the last leg in the last race, which was the men's four by 100 metre medley uh, to finally uh, grab a gold medal. Um, so um, yeah, so that was um, yeah that was the the Melbourne championship. A few other standout performances. Uh, Natalie Coglin, uh, uh, the US swimmer, raised her career total 16 world championships uh, medals. Uh, Aaron Pearsall uh, won his third consecutive 100 backstroke title. Uh, Law Manadu. Um, uh, took down Tracy Wickham's uh, long-standing 400 metre freestyle. Uh, world Championship record, which we we mentioned last week, uh, and um, yeah, Katie Hoffman, Kate Ziegler from the US also uh, performed really well for the um, uh, for the Americans. So, so yes, yeah, Melbourne two thousand seven. I think you mentioned in a recent podcast, Shannon, there were currents in the pool uh, affected performances. I think at that championships. Yeah, well, people probably weren't onto it at that stage. They definitely were. Um, uh, for Barcelona 2013, um, and uh, uh, Ben Titley, he certainly was onto it. He, he came to me in 2013, and then from that point on, um, you know. So if you remember at the Rio Olympics, they had to make sure that there was no currents and the water wasn't moving, and and they delay the starts and things like that. So, you know, I just sort of thought back retrospectively because I remember watching the women's 100 freestyle replay and Jody was in, in um, an outside lane, not lane one or eight or anything, but it was like she was swimming behind a wave. Um, there was, you know, there was this this bow wave type off, off Libby and it was almost like they were stuck. But um, what ended up happening in some of the events later was if um, the current would be positive on the way down if you're in lane eight 
but negative on the way back. <laughs> and um, and then the opposite. So if you were in the 50, you wanted an outside lane that was uh, like lane one, but you didn't want to be in lane eight because it was going against it. And I had a swimmer in 2013, uh, and I only just started coaching him. I had him for about six, seven months at this stage, and it was Pal Johansson, and he was swimming 29 down and 31 back. And I thought... <laughs> Oh my God, I've got a distance swimmer who can't hold time. <laughs> <laughs> but later I yeah, we found out it was it wasn't his all his fault. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he was from the Faroe Islands, I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he uh, had a pool. You, you mentioned pool named after him. They built a pool um for him. Uh they love him up there. So yeah, yeah. I, 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 the Faroes now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, just so those with those uh, two temporary pools. So uh, uh, it took about thirty hours to drain the pools um, yeah. after the championships. Uh, so they piped all the water to um, to fill a lake nearby and um, and water about thirteen hundred drought-stricken trees in the Royal Botanic Gardens. So um, so it was uh, it was put to good use. Yeah, they're really tricky too. Those drop-in pools from a um, yeah, you basically. Um, getting around a work site, you know, so that they all look a bit, you know, nice on top, but you've got to walk up onto the deck. Um, you know, you're walking down scaffolding and steps and that, and, and you've got to always make sure that the swimmers have got something on their feet, um, you know, because you just don't know where the odd nail is. So, yeah, yeah they're a bit tricky. Well, it's going to be a drop-in one in Fukuoka, isn't it? Probably. Um Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just I feel like I've seen it on Instagram that they were starting to put it together. It's in an arena. But I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a bit of a shame. You know, maybe they've, they've fixed the problems. Um, so basically, basically the centre lanes are quite neutral, but the currents are in the outside. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, I know the US trials were in a drop-in pool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, think, I, think, I don't think they are, were last week. I think they were in the um, at Indiana University. I think they're in a drop-in pool in a football stadium next year. Oh, okay. For the Olympic trials, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, because obviously you can you can put a pool on a bigger stadium. So yeah, that's why they do it. You know, so Barcelona in '03 and Barcelona in 2013 were the same. Basketball stadium. So yeah. mm. I, I was hoping it was going to be in the Olympic pool, um, but uh, no. All right, two thousand and nine, boys. Now, as soon as you say Rome, two thousand and nine, I think most people know, um, especially if you've listened to the Shannon Rollison podcast. What two thousand and nine sort of springs to mind, um, you know. But David, there's obviously a lot of other, um, you know, things that went on there. But yes, yeah, just obviously. First thing that comes to mind is just world record a thon with the super suit era. Um, I think Shannon, you tell a story on the podcast where you were walking out, you'd finished, you're going home, or you're going somewhere, and you're just hearing the crowd go off for another world record. And you, by that stage, you were like, "Oh yeah, oh good on them. They've done it again, have they?" Because it just wasn't special anymore. Well, I think I remember reading, uh, and it was either on Swim Swam or um, Swim News with. Craig Lord, um, that there was the stat for that year of 09 was um, a world record every three days. 
so that means there was over a hundred in the year. <laughs> and I and the other stat I remember from 09 is Alex Popovs. He had the world record at the start of the year and he was ranked 33rd by the end of the year. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow, wow, there you go. Um, yeah, so Rome, uh, 2009, well, here we go. Um, actually beat bit from um, Athens and Moscow uh, to host those championships, um, but as we just mentioned, sadly, once again overshadowed by controversy. Um, uh, back in 1994, it was the exports of the drug cheating uh, Chinese. This time, uh, they were tainted by the dramatic effect of these, uh, you know, new generation super suits. Uh, which had been approved by by FINA. Um, uh, Craig Lord, you mentioned a very straight, uh, respected swimming writer, he dubbed it the shiny suit circus. Uh, 43 world records uh, were broken. So uh, yeah, as we said, uh, as I said recently, there's, there's 40 events at the World Championships, 20 for men, 20 for women. So world records were broken in 31 of those 40 events. Um, uh, and um, but yeah, look, the fact that they were you know swimming in these um, you know polyurethane uh, swimsuits, which provided you know enormous buoyancy, this you know impossible to celebrate those world records for you know the moments they should have been. Um, yeah, forty-three records, uh, world records. That was twenty-five more than the previous highest tally of eighteen. Uh, you know, back in Belgrade and 14 more than any previous record for any swim meet in history, uh, which was the 29 record, world record set at the Montreal um, Olympics in 1976. So thankfully those um, swimsuits were, were banned, um, banned by the end of the year. Um, yeah, Michael Phelps, uh, star of the competition again, five gold medals, um, uh, plus a silver, which was a surprise loss to um, uh, Germany's Paul Biedemann in the 200 freestyle. Uh, Biedemann also wiped out um, Ian Thorpe's 400-metre freestyle world record in, uh, that he'd set at the uh, Commonwealth Games in Birmingham by just 100, one one-hundredth per second. Um, uh, Biedemann, um, yeah, you, you talk about Popov a moment, a moment ago. So Biedemann had finished 18th in the 400-metre freestyle at the Beijing Olympics a year earlier. Um, but to his credit, he said he wouldn't have come within two seconds of Thorpe's world record um, if he hadn't have been um, wearing wearing a shiny suit. Yeah, um, yeah. For, on the women's side, um, uh, Federica Pellegrini from Italy and um, uh, Britta Stefan from Germany were the um, standout performers. Uh, Pellegrini was the first uh, woman to go under four minutes uh, in the um, four hundred meter freestyle. Um, uh, Australia topped the women's. Um, uh, competition with 11 medals, including gold to Jessica Shipper in the 200 fly and Marika Gura in the 50 fly. Um, Brenton Rickard won a um, uh, gold in the men's 100 breaststroke um, and um, Adam Pine became the first Australian to go to six world championships. So, you know, those were the, the standout performers from the Australian uh, point of view. Um, and... Um, yeah, so, I mean, probably the only positive aspect was that there was a record participation of 164 uh, nations in swimming. Uh, 25 of those nations won medals. So that was, you know, higher than the uh, previous record that had been set in 2003. Um, but, yeah, those super suit world records, most of them have been broken since, uh, thankfully. I think six are still standing, most in, uh, mostly in, in freestyle uh, events. 
So, um, yeah, very controversial championships. Um, my, my little piece of trivia about, about Rome 2009, it's not to do with world records or super suits. So uh, Caesar Cielo, um, his coach, as you probably remember, was Brett Hawke. Uh, so he took um, Caesar, uh, Caesar's um, uh, goggles to the Vatican and dipped them in holy water. Uh, it, it did the trick because um, Caesar went on to win the gold in the 100-metre freestyle in a world record, uh, uh, and it, that world record stood until it was broken by David Popovich last, uh, only last year. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, apart from the swimming um, and all, you know, those records that we've talked about, I remember it was extremely hot. Um, I remember Stephanie Rice's suit, uh, splitting, uh, only, you know, and um, the panic in, in that because not only were those suits, they didn't last very long, um, so they were good for about three or four wears and that's it, but you had wow. to be extremely careful um, in putting them on. And um, anyway, so uh, she had a couple of helpers to put, it, put the second suit on because she didn't have time. Uh, and then because of the heat, the suits were quite hard to put on because you were sweating up a storm. Um, yeah. So yeah. that made it harder to get them on as well. Yeah. And I think the same happened to Thorpe in a different kind of suit, though. Um, back at the Sydney Olympics, I think, before that men's 4 by 100 freestyle relay, he was, I think he was late out um, from, the, um, uh, from the room because uh, he couldn't get his suit. Yeah, yeah. Great. So, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly an era that... Um, yeah, it shouldn't. Have, it just shouldn't have happened, really. I mean, and, and we were on the back foot in Australia because we'd had our trials in April, and um, uh, the jacked suit, which a lot of the people were wearing, wasn't in Australia. So it, um, uh, we were seeing all these times come in around June. And 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 we're trying to get our hands on these these suits so that we could compete, try and compete on an even playing field. So it was just a nightmare. It was it was a real um, yeah. As a coach, I was like, do you, you know, do I want to be part of this? So mm. thankfully, I kept coaching, and thankfully, you know, it was yep. it put right. But yep. some athletes wearing two suits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they banned them by the end of the year. So the, from the 1st of June 2010, you know, the suits were banned. I remember, Shannon, you telling me, and I'm only bringing this up for people who maybe haven't heard it on the podcast, so maybe this is the first time, but um, the, the suits weren't, I, I guess, ideal for everyone, were they? Yeah, no. So, um, and I had first-hand experience with this. Tani White, um, I, she was uh, really crook in Beijing. Beijing and um, final, but was still sick even when she came home, um, coughing up uh, a lung basically when we met here uh, in Canberra after the meet and we sort of did a debrief and that was going to be her final swan song, Beijing. Um, but I managed to talk her into just giving it one more year and just training for the 50. So we went to the Olympic, uh, went to the World Championship trials in the 50, and she missed Jade Edmondson's world record by 0.03. And at that point, you know, it's April in the year, and no one else is under 31 seconds in the world. So she's quite a long way in front. But then the suits came along. Tani finished eighth. 
at the at the World Championships, swimming in an old, you know, previous year suit, and um, because she had great flotation and technically very good, when she put the suit on, she couldn't keep her legs in the water. So, um, so if you were, had had good technique, you got minimal advantage out of that suit. And I remember talking to Gennady Turetsky about what was going on, and uh, you know, if if you, I, you know, there was a lot of conversations around barbecues at the time, especially if people found out you're a swimming coach. And um, the way I would describe it, it was like you know the sweet spot in a tennis racket, and especially an older style tennis racket. Or, or um, so what they basically did was they just made the whole tennis racket a sweet spot. So it didn't matter where you hit it, as long as you hit the ball, it was good. Mm. Now, obviously, if you're a really good tennis player, you were a bit null and voided with that uh, advantage. So you didn't really get as much. But, uh, Robbie, if you or I were playing tennis against um, (laughs) Pat Rafter, uh, Pat wouldn't get so much out of it, but you and I would. So, so, yeah, so... The the technically good swimmers were were um, disadvantaged. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I, we have covered that before, but I, you know, sometimes I'm conscious that not everyone listens to all the episodes. So um, I wanted to bring that up because I think that I guess the misconception is they put on a suit and everyone was just phenomenally fast. But as you said, for for some of the swimmers who technically were pretty good already. Um, you know, it didn't really do that much for them in terms of dramatic change. I think even Phelps um, didn't see a dramatic change in in his swimming. I think he was, he was a little bit better, but I don't like, I, I don't think he saw the suit as like, Oh my God, I'm Superman. Now he was already Superman. I don't think Phelps swam in in it. I think he competed at that meet. And I might be wrong here, but it was my understanding. He competed at that meet in the speedo suit. He didn't, that's I think you're right, suit. actually. Yeah, and um, he had that. It was that famous touch, wasn't it? Was that the meat with Cavage? Yeah, I think that was the meat. But um, hundred fly where he's, he's yeah. yeah, and he just oh, touches. Sure it looks like he touches behind. He was in the speedo suit, so a little bit like uh, Tani. Um, and look, they, they mightn't have been the only people, but. Um, you know, full credit to him because that that Jacob suit was an Italian um, brand. Um, so funny enough. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, you are correct. By the way, he did not swim yeah. in a super suit. Yeah. So it's um yeah that and yeah full credit to him for standing his ground. Mm. Well, two thousand and eleven Shanghai, David. Um, yep. He just, he just keeps it's the Michael Phelps show for a while, isn't it? If yeah, well, it is <laughs> and he is the great like he he just <laughs> yeah, he he just is. There's not much he he can't uh, he couldn't do, and I'm sure even today, if he wanted to, he could still swim pretty quick. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's the Michael Phelps show. But obviously, we're starting to see the emergence of of some of the other uh, younger swimmers uh, coming through, especially uh, with Sun Yang coming through against Grant Hackett. Um, for for the men's in terms of James Magnuson coming through and um, and Shannon, I I don't know if you're over there coaching yet, but Janetta Ottison um, is she she did pretty well for for Denmark as well. 
But yeah, sorry, David, take it away. I'm taking know, some I, of your lines here as well, man. Sorry, just want to sound smart as well. Sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah, Shanghai, 2000 and, uh, 2011. So, 23 million people in Shanghai, uh, uh, the largest city to host the um, the World Championships. Uh, uh, it was held at an in- swimming was at the indoor stadium at the uh, Oriental uh, Sports uh, Centre, which had just opened uh, before the champs. Um, yes, as you mentioned, uh, Michael Phelps proved he, he wasn't done yet. Um, he, so he won seven medals, um, uh, bringing his career tally to 33, uh, including 26 gold. That actually turned out to be uh, his last medals. Uh, uh, but it was um, it was actually teammate Ryan Lochte um, who, um, who, who, you know, really made a name for himself. He won five gold, four came in individual events, and uh, he won the trophy for the, the swimmer of the meet. Um, Sun Yang, uh, Sun Yang, yeah, from China, uh, as you mentioned, uh, won the 800-metre uh, freestyle, 1,500-metre freestyle distance uh, double, uh, brought down Grant Hackett's 10-year-old world record in the um, in the 1,500 freestyle. Um, uh, that was one of just two world records uh, set in Shanghai um, after the farce of the of Rome, only two years old, uh, two years earlier. Uh, so things sort of were, were back to normal a bit. Um, yes, you mentioned uh, Jeanette Otteson. Um, yeah, she was um, was interesting. There was actually two ties for a gold at those championships. Only I think it's only happened three or four times. So in the men's hundred meter backstroke, the two Frenchmen uh, tied for gold. Um, uh, and in the women's uh, freestyle, um, yeah, Jeanette, Jeanette Otteson was was part of um, uh, the tie. And um, I think Lottie Fries won the women's 1,500-metre freestyle gold in Shanghai. So those were, uh, those were Denmark's first uh, gold medals at the, um, uh, at the World Championships. Uh, Therese uh, Alshamar uh, won the women's 50 freestyle. She was 33 uh, at the time. So she's uh, the oldest woman uh, to win a world title. Um, we got off to a cracking start, uh, Australia, uh, won, uh, won the men's Four by one hundred meter freestyle relay on the uh, on the opening night, um, so that had denied the US gold for the first time in the event since two thousand and three, um, and of course um, Magnuson James Magnuson uh, backed up that later in the week by by winning the men's uh, individual event men's hundred freestyle, uh, and that was uh, Australia's first gold medal in in that event. Uh, but there were some uh, some pretty worrying signs um, uh, for Australia. Um, uh, uh, we only won two goal, uh, and that was our fewest uh, since the same uh, number were won in Perth 20 years uh, earlier. Uh, and it was the first time our women uh, hadn't won gold since 2003. Uh, and our 13 medals was our lowest uh, total um, since Rome in 1994, and of course, a year later, we didn't have a, uh, a terribly good London Olympic Games. So, um, so yes, they, they were they were some some signs of um, of uh, you know a, a few a few problems for the uh, for the Dolphins. For yourself, yeah. Shannon, just off that, just sorry to jump in, but just off what David said, and we sort of went back before, and we talked about shifts and change, and obviously. We're seeing it here, a bit of a shift and a change. Is this sort of what you were seeing uh, in years previous with the boys were getting a bit older and we didn't have the depth in the younger boys coming through? Obviously, Maggie's coming through here, but the, 
with the girls as well? Are they starting to get a bit older now? I mean, well, what did you, what do you attribute sort of the, the little bit of a drop here for, into? Um, yeah, it was interesting. Like, like we had some, um, the biggest issue with Shanghai, and it was a good world champs. Um, I've got good memories of it. Um, the, uh, we, we stayed in a great hotel, but the, and we knew this going in, it was going to be uh, the food. So, um, and there ended up being a lot of sickness. And when I mean sickness, I mean you're on the toilet sickness. Um, and uh, Brent Best, he was sick for days. Um, and uh, I was lucky. I was sort of like 12 hours, that sort of thing. And, th- and that was basically how it went. <laughs> you either got sick for just a little bit or you got quite sick for a few days. I had a swimmer, um, I had quite a few swimmers on this team, and one of them, Craig Calder, um, he, if 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 he had have asked me, should I swim, I would have, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have allowed him to swim. But I let it be his choice, and he swam, in, in a, and he was swimming in the turn of breaststroke there. But, um, you know, we went to the pool one day, he just fainted, fainted just walking to the pool. And... Yeah. Um, uh so that could have been a little bit because our, our team from memory was still quite strong uh, Belinda Hocking got second in the turn of back uh in um in, in, yeah um James won the 100 free so i mean a breaststroke women's breaststroke um wasn't going great um uh Lisa was past her best um so I think there, there was a little bit, but but certainly nothing that I can remember that was worrying. It, it, I think you know it was just one of those meets where um, illness and and things like that had more to do with it. Um, and, you know, like the relay, like Belinda ended up in the relay because Emily was too crook. Um, the the women's uh, yeah, that was the women's medley. We had to make like three changes. Um, and they still won a medal in the end. Um, and the women's four by one, Tate Campbell wasn't on the team. Mel Schlanger wasn't on the team. Um, so we we were under strength in a few events, but still managed to pick, pull a few medals. Yeah, yeah. We won a um, a silver. It was I think in the uh, the women's uh, yeah. four by two, uh, and uh, we won a um, bronze in the. Um, the women's four by one medley. Yeah. yeah, so that was Alicia Coots, uh, Marinda Dingjan, Belinda Hocking, and Liesl Jones. Yeah. In the, um, and that was yeah. basically, um, so apart from Liesl, they were all our second string swimmers. Um, and Marinda, she would have, wouldn't have even been our second string. Like by the end of the meet, you know, I think Marinda was probably about the fourth fastest girl on the team. And, um, uh, and, and was in the medley relay. Yeah, that would have been the the only time that would have ever happened. Um, so they did quite well. Um, so yeah, but it was a good world champs. Um, I my funny story from that um, it was with my own swimmer Belinda, uh, who fortunately um, this wasn't her pet event, uh, and she made the final in the hundred back which was the first race and the 200 back was a couple of days later. And um, she's only ever done this once. 
and she asked me what time was the was the um, uh, the swim on, and this like I could count on one hand how many times people would have asked me this. So um, and there's good reason. So I went <laughs> over and had a look at the time sheet and came back and told her x x time whatever that was. Um, so I um, I'm at the pool, you know, warming someone up in an earlier event. And I started to notice there was quite a lot of women in the 100 backstroke, which was the final that Belinda was in, yeah. uh, in the pool. And <laughs> I um, said to Lynn Fowley, I said, Lynn, can you just tell me what time the 100 women's 100 backstroke is? And so she tells me the correct time. <laughs> I told Belinda what the time was for the medal presentation. <laughs> <laughs> so I quickly grabbed my phone. And uh, rang her, and uh, I said, uh, she answers the phone. Hi, Shannon. I said, hi, Belinda. Um, where are you? And she goes, oh, I'm on the bus. And I said, is the bus moving? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's out the front of the hotel. I said, all right, don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. But. So, so um. So she she did a, um, a a change into her race suit on the bus, uh, and if Steph Rice is um, listening, she, St- Steph would be able to tell a better description of what happened than me. But um, anyway, she had to go to the back of the bus. Uh, the girls, Steph, and probably a couple others had towels around her, and and she did a quite public change uh, on the bus. So, and I talked her through the plan, and and so she basically we'd we'd been doing a lot of skipping in our training, so her warm up was skipping for three minutes in the gym, which was on the way to the warm up pool, luckily, and two twenty fives, and then went straight to the marshalling, and I teed it up with um, Lynn Fowley to you know get her there as late as we possibly could. Mm. Anyway, she went out and did a PB. Uh, <laughs> so there you go for warm-ups. Hopefully but, my um, swimmers aren't listening. Robbie, you tell me we're going to be there so early. Shannon yeah. said we can do a skip at 2.25s and we're on. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, uh, we could talk about warm-ups another day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, bl- hence to say Blender didn't ask me what time the 200 backstroke <laughs> final was on. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, very good, and I think she won. And she won the medal in the two hundred backstroke too, didn't she? Was that the one? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. She, yeah. yeah. She was silver behind yeah. uh, um, Missy Franklin. Ah, right. Here's some trivia for you: Missy was eight inches taller than her. Is that right? Yeah, wow. Yeah, I know she had a um, yeah, yeah, she had a huge uh, a huge championships. I think the um, uh, yeah, in that year, yeah, absolutely. 2013 as well in Barcelona, David, which I I guess we're going to jump on to now, Missy Franklin, just piggybacking off that, Shannon. Yeah, I think she, six gold medals in 2013 in Barcelona, um, which we, yeah, we covered, this is the 10 year, they were here 10 years after they'd been here in 2003, which we covered last week. Um, Barcelona, what a great city. I love that place. I just every I don't want to talk about it really anymore because it just makes me want to especially is any have you two got mates that are over in Europe at the moment or anyone that's I've got mates that are over there and just sending me for oh look this is me. Just I don't want to see it anymore. Here I am in Rockdale, nothing wrong with Rockdale, <laughs> but 
it's, it's, it's definitely not it's definitely it's not, not Barcelona. Barcelona. No, it's not yeah. Barcelona. So sorry, David. I, I yeah, no, and, and <laughs> middle of middle of summer too in Barcelona at the moment too. So that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. But yes, Barcelona, um, fifteenth World Championships um, uh, in um, uh, in the Catalan capital, uh, having as you said previously hosted uh, in two thousand and three. Uh, another temporary pool uh, in at the Palau Saint Jordi, uh, same same venue as uh, as last time. But but um, yeah, another big big. Well, it wasn't a big meet for Michael Phelps. In fact, it, he was absent for the first time since 1998. But it was uh, Missy Franklin uh, who was the star of the show. Six gold medals, which was the most by any female uh, at a single World Championships. Um, uh, but it was also. Um, 16-year-old teammate Katie Ledecky. Um, she was actually named swim, uh, female swimmer of the meet off the back of uh, world records in the 800-metre freestyle and 1,500-metre freestyle. Um, uh, Sun Yang from China uh, was the male swimmer of the meet, um, taking all three distance uh, freestyle uh, events. Um, South Africa's uh, Chad Leclerc uh, backed up um, his upset win over Michael Phelps a year earlier at the uh, the London Olympics uh, by winning the the two hundred meter butterfly. Um, six world records were broken, all by women, um, and um, yeah, ten Olympic champions backed up uh, from uh, London with, from London twenty twelve Olympic gold with uh, the identical um, medal in in Barcelona. Um, Australia. Uh, we turned the corner a bit um, after a fairly poor showing at the London Olympics the year before. Uh, so we won three gold in, in Barcelona. Uh, James Magnuson defended his 100-metre freestyle uh, title. Uh, Kate Campbell won the uh, the women's 100-metre freestyle. Uh, and uh, Christian Springer surprised uh, by winning the men's 100-metre breaststroke. Um, but we actually won 10 silver medals uh, in uh, in Barcelona, including all three in the women's uh, relays, so or including all three women's relays. So I, I guess it sort of suggested how close it could have been to being a, a very different result. Um, and, um, yeah, look, we haven't focused on the other disciplines at the World Championships, but um, uh, it's uh, worth noting that high diving uh, made its debut in, uh, in, in Barcelona in 2013. So that's the, uh, the sixth uh, discipline uh, of the World Championships. So... Yeah, they, the men dive off 23-metre towers and the women dive off 20-metre towers. Uh, yeah, I, something I don't, I don't fancy. <laughs> and, 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 and not surprisingly, I don't, I don't think any, any, um, any swimmers have competed in, in high diving at the, uh, at the World Championships. <laughs> high diving, Shannon, how would you go? <laughs> Ten, ten's my top. <laughs> Nothing above 10. I remember that photo, actually. It was a great photo. It had uh, a guy doing a tuck dive or whatever in, in, in the, and all you could see in the background was the city. Um, so that was like the, you know, the billboard for the world champs. But, yeah, that was, again, you know, another great world championships. Um, I was there with Denmark. I moved um, and uh, we went there with a pretty small team, Um our backstroke girl, uh, we, we, we would have had a medley relay team, but um, backstroke girl was injured, so she couldn't go. Um, and we had a team of just four swimmers. Um, you mentioned Janetta Otterson, who'd won the 100 free in 
Shanghai in that tie. She won the 50 fly. Uh, right, yep. Shout out to Janetta and uh, Rega broke the world record in the China breaststroke. Um, I think all three world records went in the women's breaststroke, didn't they? The 50, 100 and 200? Uh, yeah, I think you're right, yep. So, um, but it was great. Um, it, again, it was a great meet and uh, a great world champs. Did you find your watering hole, Shannon, after you? Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And just to, just for uh, the listeners out there that might not have heard, where, where is this place that they need to find again? La Clara. La Clara. So uh, not not too far from uh, where the swimming was. So um, but I can't say exactly because you never know, I might end up there again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can find it as long as you got the name. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, just for any, that's a callback to obviously 2003, um, that episode that we we did um, where Shannon stumbled upon uh, now a place that he loves to go to. Mate, 2015, David, in, in Kazan, um, that's our 16th yes, yeah. world champs. Yeah, yeah, in uh, Kazan in, uh, in, in Russia. Uh, yes. Yeah, so the, the events took place uh, in a temporary pool again, um, this time inside the city's main football stadium. Uh, the Kazan Arena. So, you know, the grandstand of the football stadium was the main spectator setting. Uh, yeah, no Michael Phelps uh, again. Um, I think he, he actually had to sit out the meet because uh, it was sort of punishment for a, a DUI. Uh, I think he, he might have been, um, uh, uh, yes, uh, held out from that. Yeah, I think so. Um, Missy Franklin wasn't quite at uh, uh, her best uh, from uh, two years earlier. Um but uh, nevertheless, uh, US still dominated, uh, 23 medals. Um, but their eighth goal uh, in Kazan was the first time the US gold medal tally was in single digits uh, since 2001. Um, uh, yeah, so US efforts spearheaded by Katie Ledecky again, this is 18 years old. Um, she continued her reign as the undisputed uh, queen of the pool. Uh, winning gold medals in the 200, the 400, the 800, and the 1500 freestyle. Uh, so she actually lowered the world record twice in the in the 1500 freestyle as well. Um, first woman to win four individual gold medals at the same world championships, uh, and she also got top of the podium in the women's four by 200 freestyle. So that was the first. Um, she was the first to win five freestyle uh, gold medals at one. World Championships. Uh, Ryan Lochte uh, completed a, a four-peat uh, in the men's 200-metre individual medley. Uh, Adam Peaty uh, uh, completed the first of three consecutive 50-metre, uh, 100-metre breaststroke doubles. Uh, and I think if he hadn't opted out of um, uh, last year's championship and this year, um, he'd be, he, he could be up to five. Um, the um, Australia enjoyed a, a resurgence with uh, 16 medals, seven, seven gold, uh, including a, a sweep of the men's and women's uh, 100 and 200 metre breast, uh, backstrokes uh, by Mitch Larkin and um, Emily Seamon. Uh, and uh, triple gold to, uh, to Bronte Campbell in uh, Kazan as well. Uh, Brad Hackett, a successful uh, comeback um, to win bronze in the men's uh, four by two hundred meter freestyle. Thirty-five years old, uh, Hacky was in uh, in twenty fifteen, um, and uh, 
who was the baby of the team? Any uh, any takers on the baby of the team, age 17? Uh, was it Ariane? Kyle Chalmers. Oh, Kyle Chalmers. Kyle Chalmers, yeah, he was the he was the baby of the team. Got a uh, got a got a relay in in um, in, uh, in Kazan. Um, uh, great Britain had a had a great meet uh, uh, after a pretty dismal showing uh, at the London Olympics a year a year earlier. Um, uh, and um, yeah, there was a, a swimmers from a, a few interesting nations uh, made um, made their mark. Um, uh, a fellow called Federico uh, Gravich from Argentina. Um, uh, won um, uh, bronze in the men's 100 freestyle. Alia Atkinson from Jamaica. Uh, she won uh, medals in breaststroke. And um, Singapore's Joseph Schooling uh, won gold in the uh, in the 100 fly. So um, those were all their nation's first uh, world championship medals. Um, eight, uh, eight solo world records, uh, plus four new world records in the um, inaugural mixed relays. Uh, uh, held for the first time in Kazan. Um, uh, yeah, so they were the first new events uh, since the 50-metre uh, form strokes had been added to the program in Fukuoka. Um, it was surprising to me because um, uh, Jacko Bahir uh, and the uh, Australia's head coach decided not to enter Australia in those uh, in those mixed relays, um, almost certainly uh, denying us medals. Um, and if if we had have won both of them, if we had have won two gold in those mixed relays, uh, we would have finished on top of the medal table uh, because we finished the meet with seven gold, and and the USA was um, we're on eight. So um, yeah, I was always surprised that uh, we just didn't enter those relays. Bad Jacko. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Shannon, do you know why? But you you weren't here around then, were you? Uh, I was back in Australia in 2015, yeah, okay. and um, uh, from what I was told, he just didn't think they were real events at the time. Okay. He may have changed his tune, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the time, so anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, a, a, a bit of a surprise. <laughs> I remember from this meet just being really happy for Bronte as a swimming fan, Um you know, no doubt with between the sisters, obviously the Campbell name is is super um, you know, it's it's huge in, in swimming the world of swimming, but obviously when you think of the Campbell sisters, I think until that time Kate was the dominant sister, right? So for me to see this um was I was I was really happy for uh for Bronte to to have that moment, to, to have her time to shine, um, to to step up. It's I I've, I remember having her on the podcast and asking about you know the dynamics between the sisters, and I think as the years have gone on, they've sort of understood their the relationship between it. When someone was happy for the other, but not happy for themselves, and how that played out. Because for me, uh, you know, I, I would always find that probably hard to deal with. Shannon, I don't know about yourself. Like, you know, you want to do really well for you, but you're going to be happy for your sister. So that dynamic is always going to be, um, you know, weird to play out because it's not a, a normal dynamic for most um, brothers and sisters. You don't very rarely in the same vocation going for the same things are you like it's not like my brother's a swimming coach too and we're both coaching breaststrokers to a 50 meter you know gold medal but um i remember just as a fan of swimming um and bronte and the campbell sisters have always been um, i've always been fans of theirs as swimmers but 
you know, seeing her have her moment in Kazan was always, um, yeah, something that brought a smile to my face. Yeah, and and uh, as you say, it's, it'd be tricky, um, not just for the, uh, the the two swimmers, and and look, um, it'd be tricky for Simon as well. You know, tricky for the coach, and whether they're sisters or you've got two people in the same event at that level. Um, you know, someone once said it's hard. It's hard to win when you're a coach, and um, so you know you've got one person that's elated, and you've got another person who's disappointed. So, but um, and just in case you were you were um, wondering, I have warned her about my lack of talent for time scheduling. So, <laughs> uh, because she said that sometimes it's not her forte, and I said, well, don't come near me. <laughs> Oh, that's for you. Don't ask. Don't ask, Shannon. When what time's my race on? Um, oh, that's funny. Um, David, what about 2017? I'm obviously I'm conscious of time and, and we've got a few more to get through and we wanted to just touch on um Fukuoka uh, well. before we finish this. So Budapest 2017, take it away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Budapest uh, 2017, uh, the second city on the Danube River to uh, host the World Championships after uh, Belgrade in 73. Um, yeah, so Guadalajara in Mexico had actually been um, originally awarded the championships, but when they uh, uh, pulled out, uh, Budapest uh, stepped in. Um, uh, and look, whichever way you look at it, USA just absolutely dominated the meet. Uh, a record 38 medals, um, including 18 gold. The next highest was Great Britain with four gold. Um, uh, it was the first world champs for, for Caleb Dressel, uh, who lived up to all the hype uh, where, when he won seven gold medals, uh, tying with uh, Michael Phelps' um, uh, seven uh, in a, a single champs as well. Uh, Katie Ledecky, uh, five gold, um, four, eight and 1,500-metre free. Um, she also won gold in the 4x100 and the 4x200 free. Uh, and, um, yeah, so she was the most uh, decorated female swimmer of the meet. Um, interestingly, um, Mallory Comerford, which is, you know, not, she's not a well-known US swimmer, um, she performed a unique feat, um, becoming the only swimmer to win gold in all five relays. So, um, yeah, so she won um, gold in uh, all three women's relays plus the uh, the two mixed relays. So that had um, never been uh, never been done before. Um, Sarah Joestrom uh, broke the world record in the women's 100 freestyle, uh, 51-71, but it was, it was actually in the lead-off leg of the 4x100 freestyle relay. So it, it, kind of nobody actually realised... Um, uh, you know, she'd broken um, uh, the world record, uh, not the least of all Kate Campbell, um, who uh, wasn't at the championships as a swimmer, but she was on the pool deck, um, you know, interviewing the um, interviewing the Australian swimmers. So it was um, Kate Campbell's world record that, uh, that Sarah broke. Uh, yeah, we sent a team of 30 swimmers, uh, 10 medals, um, only one goal, which was to uh, Emily Seabomb in, in, uh, when she retained a 200-metre backstroke crown. Uh, Emma McKeon won six medals. Um, uh, so she was the first Australian woman to win six medals at a, at a single uh, champ, so they none were gold. Um, notable for the uh, debut of two 16-year-olds, uh, Ariane Titmus and Kaylee McEwen. 
uh, at their first senior international uh, meet. Uh, and, of course, the other end of the spectrum was the 29-year-old Holly Barrett. Uh, so she became the oldest Australian swimmer to make her international debut. Um, and she ended up winning bronze for a heat swim in the in the 4 by one um, medley. Um, as I said, Kate Campbell um, uh, uh, didn't swim at the championships, but she was there. Um, and nor, uh, Kyle Chalmers, he'd just undergone a... Um, some surgery uh, uh, for an irregular heartbeat. So he he didn't go to Budapest either, but he was there in the crowd um, uh, watching when uh, when Caleb uh, Dressel, um, you know, took his um, uh, crown as the world's um, fastest 100-metre freestyler. Um, so, yeah, and then just in a, a, to finish off Budapest, a little piece of trivia, um, Australia narrowly lost the women's four by 100 metre freestyle to the US at that championship. We won the silver. Uh, and that was the last time we actually lost that race uh, at a major international meet. And that streak, um, you know, hopefully will continue in, uh, in Fukuoka. Yeah, well, I think, I think as you said, the noticeable absence. Um... Of, of Kate Campbell might have helped, but as we just as you said, it hasn't happened since because I think the depth of of the girls in that hundred, Shannon has um has more than you know. It, I I think even top six now you've got to be fifty two, um low a uh, high sorry and fifty three. So the depth of women's sprinting um now if you you take out um you know say if Emma missed it for for example due to illness or whatever, you've still got four girls there that are going to go 52 low 52 mid um that's that's pretty impressive in terms of sprinting here in australia for the girls at the moment shannon yeah um yeah i was trying to think from that stat um there wouldn't have been many times that we you know the, the women's team had lost um uh, what since 03 was a silver and then you know so um and then what i think you said 2013 they won silver um yeah 20 uh yeah we won in 2015 um and uh in uh 20 uh 2013 uh we won a, a silver as well yes that's right yeah yeah so uh, no and we've just got a you know an absolutely outstanding record uh, in that event yeah especially when you know uh I think it was like the 19, what well, was 48 years since Australia had won the, the Olympic medal in that, that event. And I think in 03, it was the first time they'd won a medal at a world championships in that event. And, yeah. and, and then I, I, they must have won one ever ever since. So um, it's certainly been a, str- a stranglehold and, and it's still in good shape at the moment. So, um yeah, it's not looking like getting giving in, that's for sure, especially when you look at our trials. I mean, Shannon, you and I went through the trials and the preview and the review, and, yeah, there were some events where, um, you know, we, we sort of, I guess, saw that we lacked a bit of depth uh, here in Australia, different events. Um, but the women's, the women's sprints, whether it was 100 fly, 100 free, 50 fly, um, uh, 50 free, they certainly were not lacking depth. Um, if anything, you know, come next year for... For the Olympic uh, trials, David, we're going to see some really fast girls miss out on spots because that top six to get in a relay is going to be—it's going to be a shootout. So, um, mm. yeah, the, the depth is is absolutely there. 
2009. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Shannon, take it away. Yeah, but things can quickly change, you know, and and I know we're saying they haven't changed for a long time, but, um, yeah, I mean, we talk a a little bit more about it later, but things can change quite quickly, uh, particularly off the the back of the Olympics, you know, do people keep on swimming? Do they not swim? So um, you can't rest on your laurels. Mm. No, 100%. Uh, David, 2019, Guangzhou. Now, um, just my own two cents when I think of this. Um, disappointingly to me, the one thing that always comes to mind is uh, refusing to get on podiums. That's the yes, yeah, thing that yeah. comes to my mind in 2019, but um, yeah. take it away. Yeah, huge, huge controversy on the, um, on the, on the podium um, uh, with Mac Horton and... Uh, and Sung Yang, which I'll which I'll get to in a moment. So yeah, um, uh, Guangzhou in uh, in Korea, um, 18th World Championships, um, uh, and uh, Guangzhou means province of light uh, in English. For, in, just in case you didn't know, uh, yeah, Caleb Dressel uh, back again. Simply um, continued where he left off uh, in Budapest two years earlier. This time he won eight medals, uh, including six gold. Uh, the most medals won by any swimmer at a single edition of the World Championships. Um, Simone Manuel, his, um, his, his teammate, uh, she uh, also broke the women's record with seven medals. Um, uh, and prior to that, nine different women had won six medals at a World Championship. So Simone became the first to win, uh, to win uh, seven. Um, we had a tremendous meet in, in Guangzhou, um, five gold and 19 medals overall. Uh, although there was a bit of a, a bit of drama in the lead-in when Shane and Jack um, returned home a few days before the championships, they said for personal reasons, and of course it turned out she tested positive for a banned substance, uh, which she strenuously uh, denied uh, any knowledge of, and um, and yeah, it, it took a couple of years fighting to um, you know to uh, to get back, but uh, she's she's certainly back for um, for Fukuoka. Um, yeah, so Ariane Titmus produced a spectacular win over Katie Ledecky in the women's 400-metre freestyle. Um, she dipped under world record pace um, on the first lap, uh, and Ledecky actually moved into the lead at the 250-metre mark, but uh, on and she led on the final turn, but Ariane uh, pulled even with about 25 metres to go and um, and touched the wall uh, one, and a, one and a bit seconds ahead. So that was a, that was a fantastic win for Ariane. Um, but yeah, look, on the same night, um, uh, you know, one of the most controversial moments in world championships history. So Sun Yang, uh, won his fourth consecutive men's 400 metre freestyle title. Uh, the silver medalist was Mac Horton. Um, now Mac, uh, refused to share the podium with, um, with Sun Yang and he also refused to, uh, pose for photos, uh, with, uh, Sun, um, afterwards, um. And that's because of the uh, the Rio Olympics. Um, Horton had called Sun a drug cheat because he'd been ba- actually banned in 2014. Uh, and that ban hadn't actually been made public at the time. Uh, and um, and in Guangzhou, um, Sun was also facing uh, further charges, which ended up keeping him out of the Tokyo Olympics. So, so you know, it was um, his, his, even his participation in, in, in Guangzhou was under a cloud. Um, but uh, but Mac was greeted with a standing ovation uh, when he walked into the athletes' dining hall um, after the incident that night. So um, and of course, you know, history I think proved um, uh, proved him him right. Um, 
Yeah, Kyle Chalmers and Kate Campbell were both back uh, for Guangzhou, um, but uh, they couldn't hold off um, uh, their defending champions, Caleb Gressel and Simone Manuel in the 100 freestyle. So they both they both won silver in, in, in their um, favourite events. Uh, Matt Wilson uh, uh, equaled the world record in the semi-finals of the 200 uh, breaststroke uh, for Australia. Um, but Anton Chupkov, his Russian rival, um, had to break the world record in the final, um, uh, you know, to beat to beat uh, to beat Matty Wilson. Um, yeah, we also topped the relay count with four gold in Guangzhou, um, two silver and a bronze, uh, and um, the men's four by two freestyle relay produced our first men's relay win um, since 2011. So, so that was an outstanding result. A um, couple of other really good performances from um, uh, international swimmers. Uh, Federica Pellegrini, uh, uh, she was known as the Lioness of Verona, by the way, um, Shannon. <laughs> so yeah. she, she, so, she, <laughs> so she, she won her eighth consecutive medal in the women's 200-metre freestyle. So four gold, three silver and a bronze. So that, that had stretched uh, back to 2005. Yeah. Um, silver in that event, by the way, was um, uh, was Ariane Titmus. Um, Katinka Hoshu won her fourth gold in the 200 IM and her fifth in the 400 IM. Um, Adam Peaty crossed the world record in the men's 100-metre breaststroke, uh, first 57-sub swim in history. Uh, in the semi-final, he swam 56.88, uh, slightly slower in the uh, in the final. Uh, and um, Christoph Milak uh, brought down Michael Phelps's 200-metre butterfly world record, uh, which had stood for uh, for 18 years. So that was uh, a, a, an outstanding achievement. And, um, yeah, and look, Emma McKeon uh, won another six medals in Guangzhou, um, three of those coming in relays. But I think probably the most touching moment for me was when she was on the podium in the uh, women's 100-metre uh, butterfly um, with Sarah Joestrom and Maggie McNeil from Canada. So all three wrote on their hands, um, never give up. Uh, and that was a message of support to um, Japanese swimmer uh, Rikako Iki, who uh, had been unable to compete in Guangzhou uh, after being diagnosed with um, leukaemia. Now, David, I do remember, especially with Ariane, um, that was sort of the first moment that we saw you know, her get over the top of Katie. Um, and I guess looking ahead, we didn't know what was about to come with the pandemic, but uh, it certainly made what was coming with the Olympics um, a lot more mouthwatering um, because until this stage, Katie was, she was, as we spoke about before, she was the queen of the pool. You don't touch her. We don't get near her. If you get second, if you're in a race with Katie, be happy with second. Yeah, it's a race for second. Yeah. But yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, here, here she's shown that um, – you know, she's certainly not unbeatable, and um, and as I said, it was it was sort of the breakout moment for Ariane. She's always been uh, a champion swimmer here in Australia, and I think we always knew she was on uh, the radar to go to the top. But from world swimming perspective, uh, this this sent her to superstardom status. Yeah, yeah the yeah, world certainly uh, stood up and took notice. So yeah, Katie Ledecky had won three consecutive uh, four hundred meter freestyle uh, titles. So. Ariane came in uh, a beta that year, but Ariane didn't compete last year. So um, uh, Katie won the 400 metre freestyle back again. So um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a great race uh, coming up in Fukuoka. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Katie's not doing the 200. I think she's out of the 200 in Fukuoka. We'll cover that a little bit in a minute. But yep. there's a little bit of um, things at play uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, mate, we move on to uh, Budapest um, 2022. Now, obviously, as we just sort of touched on there, the pandemic happened. Um, so the Olympics got moved. So world champs got moved. Um, I think it was meant to be in Fukuoka in 2021. Yeah, yeah, um, look at this. Does, like, it, it, again, sorry, David, I'm just reading off your notes here to make myself a, a, appear uh, highly intelligent. Um, so, we, yeah, we, it was in Fukuoka 2021. Uh, that's now been obviously this year uh, and Doha was supposed to be 2023. So I don't know, you might have a bit of information if Doha's ever going to, um, if that's coming up at some point. Um, yeah, but yeah, Budapest 2022, take it away. Yeah, yeah, well, sorry, just back to that. Okay, yeah, so the... Um, yeah, COVID and of course the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, you know, makes things very messy. So yeah, so uh, Fukuoka was meant to be 2021, Doha 2023, uh, Tokyo Olympics get pushed back to 2021. So of course, Japan can't host the World Swimming Championships and an Olympic Games in the same season, let alone have swimmers, you know, peak within uh, a month or two. So so it all gets very complicated. Doha ends up being pushed out to uh, 2024. Um, and um, then, of course, Kazan, which was going to hold the 2025 championships, uh, they invade uh, uh, Russia. Um, sorry, Russia. <laughs> Russia invade Ukraine. I'm getting getting mixed up. So, um, yeah, so Singapore have stepped in to hold the 2025 championships. But anyway, what it essentially means is that in four consecutive years, 2023, 20. Sorry, 2022, 2023, 2024, and 2025, we have four world championships. So, um, uh, yeah, it does, uh, it, it does, uh, it does get interesting. Um, yeah, so Budapest last year, uh, 2022, um, uh, very hastily organized, only, only a few months, um, uh, before they were due to start. Uh, and what it also meant was that there was a world championship, the Commonwealth Games. And the European Championships all held um, within a very short space of uh, time. Uh, USA topped the medal tally uh, with a record 45 medals, uh, 17 of which were gold. So that beat their previous record of 38 from uh, from 2017. Um, a few stars were absent, um, but there were some real breakout stars in Budapest, including uh, Summer McIntosh, uh, Leon Marchand and uh, David uh, uh, Popovich. Uh, uh, Popovich, um, uh, you know, won the 100 meter, 200 meter freestyle double. So he was the first to achieve the feat, uh, since, uh, the first world championships in 1973 when Jim Montgomery did it. Um, Summer McIntosh won four medals, including gold in the 200 butterfly and 400 meter individual medley. Um, uh, Leon Marchand, uh, threatened Michael Phelps's, uh, 400. Uh, IM world record on the way to winning gold, uh, second fastest time in history. Um, he also won the 200 IM. Uh, Christoph Milak, uh, he was a huge favourite in the 200 butterfly, didn't disappoint the home crowd, um, uh, going out in world record pace. Um, he also won the 100 fly later in the meet. Uh, and of course, Katie Ledecky, uh, reclaimed the 400 freestyle, uh, in the absence of, um, of uh, reigning uh, champion Ariane Titmus. Um, she also uh, won the 800 uh, and the 1500. So so she was uh, outstanding in Budapest. Uh, and um, yeah, Sarah Sajostrom won 
her fourth consecutive 50-metre butterfly uh, title. Uh, and uh, Caleb Vessel, who withdrew from the meet uh, early, as you probably remember, um, uh, Ben Proud took advantage of um, uh, Caleb's absence and uh, won the men's 50-metre uh, uh, freestyle. Um, Italy had a great meet, uh, edged out the Americans in the, uh, the medley relay. Uh, and, um, yeah, although a number of Australia's top swimmers uh, skipped the meet to focus on the Commonwealth Games, um, we still had a, a, a good meet. Uh, two gold medals on the first night, uh, including the um, uh, four by 100 metre freestyle girls. Um, Elijah Winnington won gold in the 400 metre freestyle. Uh, first um, Australian to retain the title since uh, since Ian Thorpe. Uh, uh, star of the show, though, was Molly O'Callaghan. Six medals but for Molly, three gold and three silver. Um, and, um, yeah, she just... Um, her 100-metre freestyle effort was astonishing. Uh, turned in last place in the 100-metre free, uh, stormed through the field in the second 50 uh, and um, uh, to win gold. And she also won silver in the 200 free. Um, uh, so she actually came perilously close to becoming the first woman to win the 100-200 freestyle double. That actually has never been, never been achieved. Um uh, Kaylee uh, McEwen opted out of the 100 backstroke because um, it clashed with the 200 IM, but she um, uh, she won gold in the uh, in the 200 uh, backstroke. Uh, Zach Stubbley Pook, um, uh, who'd broken the world record of the selection trials in the lead up, uh, he won our first world championship gold medal in that event, and um, uh, we also broke the world record in the mixed uh, four by 100 meter freestyle relay thanks to. Uh, Jack Cartwright, Kyle Chalmers, Maddie Wilson, and Molly O'Callaghan. So, um, all in all, a very good meet for Australia. Yeah, I think we can almost piggyback Shannon and David straight off this into um, this year's one in Fukuoka, only because, and I'll say it because, everything we've just mentioned, David, you've just talked about David Popovici, Summer McIntosh, uh, Liam Marchant, uh, Molly O. Um, Sam Short in the for for Australia middle distance along with Elijah Winnington of course, but for for me Shannon I don't know about you I, I think this is going to be the year we see the emergence of all these young stars really because we're we're seeing a lot of uh, superstars not there with Caleb Dressel and um, Kate Campbell who you know the Campbell sisters are trying to go to another Olympics but they're not there this year and. Um, there's a lot of names Adam Peaty won't be there. Yeah, Adam Peaty's not there, and I think Milak's not swimming. So there's a lot of names <laughs> that aren't there. It's it's now the the young ones that you just mentioned, David. Um, I, I think it's 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 their time to shine. Shannon, what do you reckon? Yeah, it's interesting. Like I think we touched on this a little bit um, a couple of weeks ago about people, you know, missing this year. Uh, and the thing that comes to mind is how many world champs. I mean, when you just rattled off, there's another world champs. Is it in, in, in next February? Yeah, so that's that. So that's in that next February, uh, 2024. Yeah, um, 25. Yeah, 2025 is going to be Singapore, uh, and 2027 is going to be back in Budapest. So it's it's a very busy program. Yeah, and just on the Budapest, a great place to have a have any swimming competition because the Hungarians just love their swimming. Um, and that was one of the big things I remember about the, the first one in Budapest, um, just how good the crowd was. I, I just think swimming's got to be careful. It doesn't uh, 
watered down the event, um, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who goes next year to Doha. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, you can see, you know, there'll be some people missing, but, you know, there, there'll be opportunities aplenty. Um, and from the US trials, there, there was a few new names starting to come through, which is, you know, America, the US has a a habit of, of that rising to the occasion every Olympics. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right there, Shannon, with the US team. We've certainly seen uh, the emergence of some some new names, but also the emergence of, um, like, Regan Smith. I think we spoke about David earlier, um, mm. swimmers who might have, you know, not gone away but dipped in their trajectory, but now seeing yeah. she's way back on track in terms of yeah. being at the top of her game. So it's going to be it's going to be right on. David, um, just before we, we wrap up, um, with, obviously, Fukuoka in 2023, what are some of the historical moments or, or facts that are coming up? There's definitely going to be, and we talked about Roland Schoeman, this, this will be his, what, yeah. third decade? He's swimming yes, three yeah, different yeah, decades, incredible. Shannon. Yeah, yeah, the nervous. I can still remember that 22-point swim he did in Montreal like it was yesterday. Like, that was mind-boggling. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. And, and look, yeah, so, so he's at his eighth world championships in um, – in, in Fukuoka coming up, uh, which is uh, incredible. But interestingly enough, his eighth world championships is coming 10 years after his seventh world championship. So we haven't seen him for 10 years. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, so that's uh, – and I think he's uh, he turns 42 perhaps just before the championships. Look, there's a few other great um, milestones to look out for. Katie Ledecky. Um, if she wins the 800-metre freestyle, she'll become the first swimmer to win six consecutive world titles in the same event. Uh, Summer McIntosh, if she swims all five individual events she's qualified for, um, she'll become the first to win five individual events, at a, uh, first woman to win five individual events at a single world championship. Um, Sarah Sajos from, from Sweden can become the first swimmer to win gold medals at seven separate editions of the World Championships, which are uh, another remarkable feat. Um, and, um, and uh, look, you know, David uh, Popovici is going to be there. I'm looking forward to seeing Daniel Whiffen, the uh, Irishman. Uh, he um, he uh, just uh, swam 14.34 uh, in the men's 1,500-metre freestyle. Um, if he wins a medal of any colour, he'll be the first Irishman to win a medal uh, at the World Championship. So um, but there's some of the, the international, um, you know, swimmers who I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, Kyle Chalmers, he's won the 100-metre freestyle at the Commonwealth Games, the Olympic Games, the World Short Course Championships. Hasn't won it at the uh, the long course, so so hopefully he can do it. Um, uh, Zach Stubbledy cook uh, first Australian male to successfully defend a world title um, uh, in a non-freestyle event. Uh, Sam Short. Uh, another one to look forward to. Uh, he's right in the middle hunt in in his um, his three freestyle events. Cameron McAvoy, twenty nine years old, and as you said earlier, um, he's got the he's got the top time of twenty twenty three. So he's swimming better than ever. Ever. Uh, we mentioned the women's four by one hundred meter freestyle. Um, they're the reigning world champions, world short course champions, Olympic champions. 
Commonwealth Games champions. Uh, so they're going for their third uh, consecutive gold medal in the event. Um, Ariane Titmus versus Katie Ledecky uh, versus Summer McIntosh uh, in the 400 freestyle. You know, what What more can I say? That's going to be a cracking event on the opening night. Um, you've got Kaylee McEwen, of course, in, in both backstroke versus... I don't think she's faced Regan Smith since the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, that'll be that'll be um, uh, out, outstanding. Um, interestingly, Emma McKeon. Um, so she's already Australia's most decorated Olympian uh, with eleven medals, uh, uh, most medals by any competitor in history of the Commonwealth Games. Uh, so she's also on the verge of. Um, uh, she's got 17 medals, uh, so she's on the verge of overtaking Brand Hackett, who has 19 medals um, as Australia's most decorated world championship medals. So you know she should be able to she should be able to win three gold medals. Uh, sorry, three medals that is. Um, and um, of course Molly O'Callaghan. No, no female swimmer has actually won the 100 meter two 200 meter freestyle double at the same world championship. She came really close last year with. Um, a gold and a silver. Um, hopefully, uh, she can she can win both titles in um, in uh, Fukuoka. After all, she beat two Olympic champions at the trials to to secure her spot on the team. Emma McKeon and Ariane Titmus. Um, and um, yeah, so she could become uh, you know the first swimmer to uh, to win both gold medals at the World Championships. Yeah, that's an interesting stat. There's probably um, the girl from Hong Kong. Siobhan. Siobhan, yeah, yeah, she'll be up against her, and 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 she'll she'll have a chance of of that double as well. Um, and I, I wasn't aware that that double had, hadn't been done. It says a lot, actually. Um, but uh, Molly certainly knows how to get a hand on the wall first, and I think you know she's um, a little bit older again since you know the last Commonwealth Games and the last World Champs. She's certainly swimming better, um, so yeah, that experience is is certainly not going to do her any harm. So um, the confidence that she'll have going into this World Champs will be, you know, of a higher help than uh, than previous. So it, it'll be it's going to be, you know, for the amount of people that aren't there, it, it will be a cracking World Champs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it should be. And that, look, the other interesting um, record um, uh, that is going to be broken, in fact, she already owns a record, is, um, is a, a, a swimmer from Chile whose name is Crystal Cobridge. So she's going to be competing at her 11th World Championships in oh. Fukuoka. She already owns the record for 10, you know, when she competed the 10th in the, in Budapest last year. So, yeah, she's at her 11th. No swimmer has, has done that. And, of course, you know, it could well be 12. I mean, with the next World Championships in, in Doha next February, uh, she could easily make it uh, make it 12. Yeah, that's right. She's only got to hang on for another couple of months. Another six months <laughs> and she'll, make it, and she'll make, it, uh, make it 12. She hasn't won a medal yet. I think her, her best placing was, uh, with, was fourth in the 1,500-metre freestyle. Uh, I can't remember which World Championships that, that was. But, yeah, yeah look, out for, look out for Crystal Cobridge. Well, one thing we know, boys, is that, uh, yeah, Fukuoka is going to be um, hot, it's going to be fast, it's going to be furious, and it's going to be something to watch. And as I mentioned earlier, make sure if you do want to watch it, Wild World of Sports on 9 now on the app, live coverage 
from Sunday, July 23 through to Sunday, July the 30th. Um, you know, we've mentioned, as I said, some of the stars that aren't there, but please get behind some of the rising stars that are certainly going to be the names you're going to be talking about for the next 10 years. And then there's still stars in there that are going to be able to still put their names and their hands up. Um, so it's going to be great to watch. It's going to be exciting swimming. So make sure you get around it. Um, David, thank you very much, mate, for joining us um, for the second week. As I said, I, I always enjoy having you on because you teach me something every time we're on. Um, and Shannon loves it. He's a historian. He loves the listening, especially this episode. Is a lot of this stuff Shannon was at. So as you were saying stuff, he goes, yeah, I remember that. I was there. So uh, it's been great having you on, mate. And I, I want to continue having you be a part of, of the podcast. I think you do a great job. Uh, you do a phenomenal job as in terms of um, keeping us uh, reminded of the history of, of swimming and certainly swimming here in Australia, which, as I touched on last week, I don't think gets done enough, certainly not by Swimming Australia. Um, I think we need to do more of it, and I think you do a, a phenomenal job, mate. So thank you very much for joining us again on the Shannon Rollison podcast. Absolute pleasure, Robbie. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, David. Yeah, always enjoy it. And um, the uh, those little stats and, and the trivia moments, very, very good, and I'm sure. Yeah, Shannon people. loves those questions, David. So next time you're on, have a few more questions. Shannon, oh, well, look, he started uh, getting excited for you. Yeah, I, I, I thought I might. I could tell. <laughs> I thought I might stump him on uh, Thorpey's uh, silver medal uh, oh, in no. the 200 IM, but no, you just put that straight out of the park. He's all over it. He yeah. almost knew what your yeah. question was going to be. He thought, yeah, okay, I think I know this. Okay. Well, look, I've got another Thorpey trivia question for you. Okay, yeah. Shannon, I want you to tell me if, if Thorpey competed uh, as his own nation at the World Championships, where would he sit on the all-time medal tally? What rank would he sit in the all-time medal tally uh, if he if he competed as his own nation? What ever? Ever? Yep. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you've got USA up the top. You know, Australia's there, China's there, East Germany's there. You know, where would Thorpe be? All right, I'm going to have a wild guess here. <laughs> Are you going to give me a hint? It... <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's going to be in the top 20, isn't it? it oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go number nine. Uh, you're, you're, you're very close. Uh, he would sit 12. Oh. Wow. On the all-time uh, all uh, medal. Uh, table if uh, if he wasn't um, if he wasn't uh, if he wasn't his own um, uh, if he if, yeah, if, if he yeah, his, his own, own nation. nation yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's exactly okay my last trivia question for you Shannon. <laughs> okay last one okay uh, with eleven medals uh, five silver and six bronze. Which nation has won the most medals without ever winning a gold medal at the World Championships? So they've won five silver and six bronze, 11 medals in total, but they've never won gold. Uh, so it's not a Scandinavian, oh, yeah, it's not a Scandinavian country. Um, ooh. Not hungry. Uh, you don't have to travel very far. 
Oh, New Zealand? New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, New Zealand, five silver and six bronze. And uh, in, in terms of individual swimmers, eight silver and two bronze and no gold, Peter van den Hugenberg. Oh. Never won gold at the World Championships. Really? Yeah, 10 medals, eight silver, two bronze, no gold. Wow. Oh, and Daniel Loder, so he never won a gold either, eh? No, no, he, he didn't. And look, they've had some, I think they've had some great swimmers over the years. I think Lewis Clairbert won a, um, mm. uh, won a medal in, um, in, in uh, Budapest last year, uh, for example. Uh, uh, and um, yeah, but no, uh, uh, no, uh, no golf New Zealand. Mm. Anthony Moss, I think he he was a very he was a top butterfly back in the eighties, um, late eighties. So yeah. Well, they're certainly doing their their best to try and get there. I know, um, obviously, Erica Fairweather is doing a phenomenal job. She's just she's in a very tough event, but she's she's on her way up. She's coming through, and I know Shannon, you've got big wraps on her. But boys, great way to finish today's episode, obviously with a bit of trivia. And for those of you listening in your car, hopefully you were trying to play along as well. Um, but yeah, no, David, thank you very much for coming on. As I said, we'll we'll be sure to have you on again and. Uh, have more chats about the history of swimming and I'm sure we can come up with many different topics and I'm sure you can talk on different topics anyway. It doesn't have to be the history of swimming. Um, um, so, yeah, thank you very much, mate. To all the listeners out there, thank you very much for joining us. I'll say it one more time because this is literally um, the last sort of plug before it comes on. So if you want to watch the World Champs, um, Wild World of Sports, Channel 9, 9 Now app including the live coverage, eight days of swimming heats, finals, Sunday the 23rd to Sunday the 30th. Um, make sure you get on there. Make sure you support the Aussies. Make sure you get around the swimming. Uh, until then, everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Robbie. Thank you. Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and center on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code OFFTHEBLOCKS for a 10% discount at checkout.